Thursday morning, February 17th. It's an avalanche of change, they say. Let's check in with the Lieutenant Governor about that. Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evans on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Do I have to wear a hard hat? You should. I think you should. Lieutenant (laughs) Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evans is joining us. What is this avalanche of new income tax proposals they're speaking of? Oh, my goodness. It's been a busy week. The House has been in there really fighting and doing their job. So if you guys run across one of your House members, thank them. Uh, Not only did they uh, decide on a tax cut in the House, uh, going along with the governor, it's going to be a huge change. Um, We'll now just have two tax brackets. Let's talk about making it easy. We have zero, three percent, and six and a half. So cutting taxes, it'll be, uh, by the time it's implemented, a full one percent decrease. Uh, So big things, you know, that we had a press conference on Tuesday. Um, House leadership, the Republican caucus, stood with the governor and I um, in unity uh, about the tax cuts that we're proposing for the state. Uh, giving people back their money, Liz, is that what it's all about? Yeah, you, think you can spend your money better than we can? I think this is a fantastic idea. Uh, we were talking about it uh, earlier. The new proposed income tax would immediately lower the tax rate for the 4%, 5%, and 6% brackets to 3% and lower the current 7% bracket to 6.5%. My only question to you is, what the heck took it so long for this to happen? Well, They've been talking about it forever. Why now? Why not, you know, four years ago or eight years ago? What the heck? We've been trying, you know, the, you know, we have been proposing it, proposing it. We know why it didn't happen during COVID, right? Because we didn't know where we were going to shake out and we mm-hmm. didn't know if we we're going to be able to meet the budget, but we did. With good fiscal policies, we were able to meet and still come out during the COVID year with a surplus. That's why we know this is the time. The governor's been saying it. We consistently, even through a COVID pandemic, had surpluses, which means we're overtaxing. We need to give that money back to the taxpayer, let them do what they need to do with it for their families. Now we got to count on the Senate, right? Just like yesterday, yesterday, uh, congratulations to the House. They passed the zero income tax on veterans' pensions. We have to do that, Liz. And I don't think people realize that, uh, and I think we've talked about this on your show before, uh, the Department of Defense, when it looks at what to fund, what bases we need to fund around the country, they look at what states are doing for veterans, and you're graded on that. So South Carolina, we are a proud military state. We have eight military installations. We we could be at risk of losing that if we don't take care of our veterans. And so I encourage everybody, I know House members are posting it all over social media, reach out to your senators. This is the year it needs to get done, right? I mean, if we don't, the economic impact we could have to the state by not being graded well by the Department of Defense could be could be really bad for all of us. Let me ask this question. Um, I saw here that there were two dozen House Republicans, they said, piled into the governor's office um, on Tuesday after the state economist announced South Carolina continues to grow at unprecedented rates. Um, And that was, you know, quoted from an AP article. But um, were there any Republicans against this? Is is it a bipartisan effort? What what do you know about that? So, um, you know, it hasn't gone to vote yet. So I think 
you know, honestly, all Republicans should be behind it. We, as Republicans, we want smaller government. We want people to keep their money. That's our platform, Liz. And so, uh, I mean, I would be shocked. I can't say that I I can't, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball to say how everybody's going to vote. But what I'm saying is some of these bills need to be watched by people, by the constituents. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, you know, this is an election year. So I, I don't know that we'll get many people crossing the aisle on it, but we might. You know, there may be there may be House Democrats that will cross the aisle on this issue. Um, I don't know that either. Uh, this was this was an initiative by the governor and uh, House leadership, which is uh, Republican leadership. So that's why we were all together to make this announcement. But uh, it says a lot about South Carolina. And I know I mean, nobody's going to think everything is perfect. I mean, I've come to realize that now mm-hmm. being in the position I'm in, you're never going to make everybody happy, but we should all be proud of the fact we, the way we've run our state. Um, and we're in, you know, a lot of the house Republicans were talking about that when you have a surplus and you continue to have a surplus year after year after year, it means it's time to now give the money back to the people. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how many people would argue with that, but um, there are people that are concerned about what if there is a downturn, um, you know, uh, in the economy. But, you know, has there been any indication that that could happen? I mean, but people are saying that there was a great recession once um, in recent memory and uh, they saw a lot of painful cuts happen. So there's, uh, you know, people are who experience that maybe want to be more cautious about it. Uh, do you think that this is an incremental step to no income tax? Absolutely. The governor has been saying that over and over. That is the goal, right? We need to keep lowering it and lowering it, and we're doing it responsibly. You know, there have been talks about slashing it in half, which I would love in one big step, but I think that might make people nervous. I think doing it the way the governor has proposed is is a responsible way, and I think he said it well. I'm not 100% sure of this quote, but he says, Let's not stop the greater good while waiting for perfection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we've seen, right? Uh, up till now. When that's the story hey, of my life. Did... Yes. <laughs> I live by that. I do. I know. <laughs> and, and, and it's true, right? And I yeah. think that's why sometimes Otherwise people never get, do anything. People get frustrated because, mm-hmm. you know, you can always be too cautious, but we need to move forward. And this is the time to do it. Like I said, you know, resetting on a recession, how much worse could it get than the pandemic? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, so, and, and we still came out 700,000, I think, is the number if it hasn't well, adjusted. Cause that's under his we, leadership because exactly. other states, they have not fared well. But because of his cautious, you know, um, handling of the pandemic and really stepping back and calling in the experts uh, to gather around the table um, and, and to attack this on all sides, you know, where we were in control and we didn't let the pandemic or fears control us. I believe that made a thousand percent difference. Um, and that's what set us apart from other states. I mean, that's it's clear to me just the mentality of it all. When I talk to people from other states, I'm like, how are you even thinking that? Like, what is and what are, happening? And there? what are we seeing? Yeah. And what are we seeing now, Liz? Yeah. We're going into midterm elections and mm-hmm. uh, Democrat governors, Democrat, they can't turn around this stuff fast enough. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, it's proven well. And we've heard it. All this money coming out of this new administration in D.C., is to help bail out blue states that were in trouble mm-hmm. long before right. 
COVID ever hit them, right? Yep. You look at Illinois, oh, Illinois, New York, they were in trouble, California, long before right. COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Their pension systems, everything. Medicare. Yep. Yeah, they were on the brink of uh, of um, bankruptcy. Um, and uh, then they were like, oh, yeah, COVID, COVID. Yep. Yeah, um, this is the great blue bailout. That's what they should be calling it. Yeah, <laughs> the there you go. Blue I wanted to ask you before we run out of time, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, um, I, I saw you quoted in an article about uh, a study conducted by the University of South Carolina economists um, put a nine digit price tag on the economic impact of domestic violence for the state. Um, and of course, just, you know, I mean, this is not even talking about the physical, mental toll. Uh, not only on women, but on children and families, uh, the the effect of, of domestic violence. But let's just purely talk about the numbers about it. What are what are these costs associated to domestic violence? What is how does that translate into costs? So it's medical costs. It's um, it's mental health costs. It's the amount of time lost at work. These are things we can quantify. But Liz, you are 100 percent right. The impact it does to families, what it happen, what what happens generationally by seeing abuse, we can't even put a price tag on that. And so, um, but this was the hard cost, and this was it was it was heartbreaking. It was the Jenny, uh, the Jamie Kimbrell Foundation, and these were her parents. This was a 31 year old girl, uh, woman who had been in an abusive relationship, was out of it. Parents were extremely happy, and one day um, he shot and killed her, and then killed himself. Mm. And through their through their pain and their loss and their devastation, they started this foundation, and have been trying to get awareness. You know, I've said this before. My dad used to say, "If you can't get through people through their hearts, then get to them through their pocketbook. Because one of two ways, you'll grab everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what they did. They kind of took that principle and said, hey, listen, this is, this is a real cost to state. And so we have to do something. You know, the governor and his uh, executive budget has put in $600,000 to um, pardon and parole, triple P, to work on abuse programs. And so I'm hoping that passes because, you know, this is something that we have to address. I did also quote Liz that this is not a problem government can fix Mm -mm. completely on their own. It's not. We have laws on the books against it. We need every citizen. When you see something, you got to say something. That's how we, you know, help fight, you know, terrorism after 9-11. If you need, if you see something, say something. We as women, Liz, we have to reach out to our sisters, our friends, our neighbors. We have to stop worrying that we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Because uh, I think by the time you get a real good indication something's happening, you know it probably is. And we have to give them safe landing pads. We have to get them to police. We have to prosecute, you know, the abusers. That's the only way we're going to stop it. Um, and then we got to get help to kids who witness it so that it's not something that goes on. But it's society together as a whole that's going to stop this problem. We have to change minds and we have to change hearts. Yeah, it's a very complicated issue. And, uh, you know, a lot of women carry it. And it's uh, just to keep the peace and to keep their family together or keep the children in a house. And um, it's it's a, a matter of letting women know that they're empowered by a safety net 
to, like you said, a safe landing pad. Because without that, they'll never make the leap. They, it's too scary. It's too, you know, you could end up homeless. You can end up on the street. You can end up, you know, it's the education and piece has to be there. You're right. And that's where society needs to come in and we need to help them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, that's where families have to come in when they know it's happening. And I know it's not that easy, right? No, it's, it's not. This is, this is sometimes women feel that, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're causing it. I mean, this is, this is a, you're right. It's a very complicated yeah. issue, but we have to continue to, to do our best to keep our eyes open. Mm-hmm. What and and have to- that, that difficult conversation with somebody to let them know, I see, I see you, I see it. Yeah. Let them know. And, and they're getting businesses involved. The Jimmy Kimber, the Jamie Kimball Foundation is working with Bank of America as a corporate partner of theirs. And they want to put in uh, kind of abuse training in their HR areas so mm-hmm. people can feel safe yeah. to go to HR if they feel That's like good. the person they work next to is being abused. Mm. And, and, and they have businesses try to come in and help their employees. I think that is... Um, that's a great first step. What, uh, real quick, we had a question on the PCRXcomputers.com text line for you, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. School vouchers, school choice, uh, an update quick? Yes, it is moving over. Uh, they had debates. Well, they had, they're having all kinds of debates. Uh, and subcommittee started uh, on Tuesday, started yesterday on Wednesday. I'm forgetting my days. <laughs> on Wednesday, they're talking about critical race theory. Uh, they're talking about school choice. Uh, they're having hearings. So they have been putting out the word. They want the input of parents and teachers. Uh, please reach out. Uh, reach out to the subcommittees uh, and let them hit, let your voice be known. But uh, I was at a Moms for Liberty uh, event in Charleston. These, this is a group that started uh, in Virginia, and they are making groups all over our state. Moms coming together, pushing for uh, the way they want schools to be. So what's being taught, they are pushing for uh, transparency in curriculum. Uh, and so great group of moms. I was amazed on a Saturday afternoon, the room was packed. That's amazing. And these moms from all across our state coming together. So look for a Moms for Liberty in your area. I know there are some areas that don't have one yet. Mm. Uh, so check your area. And if you don't, and it's something you feel passionate about, reach out to them. They are looking for chapters everywhere. All right. Thank you so much. We'll look that up. It is 821. And uh, thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor.